Good morning. Good morning. Oh, look at your beautiful, radiant faces this morning. As always, it is so good to see you. <laughs> it's good to be seen. Thanks. Some of you know that I work as a psychotherapist, and many of the people who come to me are couples who are trying to improve their marriages or relationships. I use a framework for these couples that originated with the ideas of Dr. Sue Johnson. Actually, she's written a book about it. It's called Hold Me Tight. Anyway, the framework centers around the idea that love relationships are based on three concepts. Accessibility, responsiveness, and engagement. So I thought it might be worthwhile to exercise, a worthwhile exercise to apply these same concepts, accessibility, responsiveness, and engagement, to our relationship to the divine. Isaiah 54, 5 says, For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And the Holy One of Israel is your redeemer. The God of the whole earth he is called. Now, if I were to say to you I was married to God or God was my husband, you might think I was just a little out there. I mean, certainly this is a place where a variety of views are welcome, even those that are outside your personal experience. But to call God my husband, as it says here in Isaiah, might draw a few sideways glances even here. But if we can think of God as our partner, as our beloved then we can consider how the same concepts that help couples to be closer to each other, accessibility, responsiveness, and engagement, might help us to have a closer relationship with God. Accessibility can be defined as, I can find you. You're available to me. Is the God of your understanding accessible? I find I've answered this question differently at different times in my life. When I was going through hard times, I sometimes did not feel God's presence. And I would have said to you that no, God is not accessible. There were times I felt like God was far off from me. There were beliefs taught to me as a child that if I was not good enough, whatever that is, I would be separated from God. This illusion of separation is one that we hear often. This idea that there is holy and unholy, there is sacred, there is profane. Yet if God is a God of wholeness, blessing, and completion, these divisions cannot stand. There were times I believed God did not care about me at all. My pain and grief and fear stood as barriers around me, limiting my vision, keeping me from the awareness of the nearness and accessibility of the divine beloved. Perhaps there are some of you here today who are having that experience or who can relate to that experience. Perhaps there's been a time you wondered if God cared about you at all. Perhaps there's been a time when you wondered if God chose to maintain distance from his creation. You'd not be alone to have those questions. In Psalm 22, verses 1 and 2, we read the following... My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, 
I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Feeling like God is somewhere else when we are neck deep in trouble or in despair is nothing new. And yet, there are many references to the nearness of God in Scripture. One promise in particular that comes to mind is in James chapter 4, verse 8. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. The invitation there is to move close to the great goodness and feel God's comfort and delight in you. This shows us that God is accessible to us, but are we accessible to God? I'm a firm believer that God never goes where she is not invited. We exist on a planet where free will is the rule 100% of the time. The divine does not interfere with our will. In fact, the self-limiting God I believe in chooses not to interfere. This is an expression of unconditional love and acceptance. God's love is so big, it is a love of pure freedom and allowing. When we draw near to God, God is near to us. Feeling as though God is distant does not change this reality. It might change my experience if I cannot feel God's nearness. But the fact of God's nearness is unchanged. We are aware God is always accessible to us. But how do we make ourselves more accessible to the divine? Well, if I reference the suggestions given to couples in Dr. Johnson's work, it's advised that couples spend less time distracted with hobbies, activities, cell phones, and other forms of busyness in order to have time to be accessible to each other. We're a culture that glorifies and worships busy. Being accessible to hear the still, small voice of the great goodness means time in quiet. Time in silence. Time in being rather than doing. Being accessible to God might mean having a little time each morning or each evening or both when you are still and silent, available to sit with the beloved and hear the words of love God would whisper to you if only you made yourself available to hear them. Accessibility, then, is about our willingness to draw near to God, since God is always willing to draw near to us. Reading sacred books, reading poetry, reading prayers or blessings, listening to to sacred music, spending time in nature, these are all ways to set aside busyness and be more accessible to the divine. Sitting and listening to the sound of your own breath in meditation can also be a delightful way of connecting to life that lives within you. The next concept is one of responsiveness. Responsiveness in couples means that if you're my partner, when you approach me, I respond with emotional attentiveness. It means I look at you, I hear you, and respond in loving and affirming ways. I like to call it compassionate dialogue. I feel close enough to you to listen and communicate with you from and through my open heart. Responsiveness to God means opening your heart to God. It means having faith. It takes faith to believe God is responsive to you 
and to be responsive to God. There were times in my life when I was so deeply hurt that I turned God away. I blamed God and I was angry at God for my heartache and my difficulty. I needed a why, and God was a convenient target. I'm here to tell you that God can take your anger. It's just fine to be angry at God. Responsiveness is about sharing your heart with God, all of it. And if that means you share your anger and your sadness and your disappointment, then go right ahead. The divine can take it. When I think about this, I think about my dear babies. They're not really babies anymore. They're grown now. But when they were babies, they could throw some tantrums, let me tell you. And yet, when they did, I didn't love them any less. I often found myself hurting for them that they were in such upset. I totally understood that from their perspective, things were just not right. And the only way they could react was to have a fit. Not being able to have ice cream for dinner was cause for a meltdown. And when you're two, that's a big deal. So isn't it true that with my limited human perspective, if I could have compassion on my children, how much more so the God of your understanding can have compassion for you when you're in upset? I believe God is always responsive to us. The only question is whether or not we experience or see the response. This is where the open-heartedness part is important. Are we open to all the ways God can respond to us? Are we seeing and hearing the love messages God is sending? Maybe you're asking for a better job and nothing's coming. You might assume God is deaf. Instead, God's response might be that where you are is for your and others' highest good. Not the answer you're looking for, but still a response. Maybe you have a dear one who's very ill, and you're asking for healing, but none comes. It would be common for you to assume God's ignoring you. Perhaps instead it is that a great work of the heart is being done throughout this ordeal. Again, it's our limited understanding that keeps us from seeing God's responsiveness, not God's failure to respond. Just because you're not getting the response you want doesn't mean God is not responding. For the most part, my experience of responsiveness to and from the divine has come from my relationships with people. People are the hands and feet of God. People who are responsive to my needs and who reach out to me lovingly are what I see as God's responsiveness to me. A phone call from someone who says they were just thinking of me but had no way of knowing I was having a terrible day and I really needed some connection and some loving on. The check that comes unexpectedly just when resources were running low. The beauty of a sunrise that feels like it was painted just for me. All of these are ways I receive God's response to my desire for connection to the divine. My loving response to people is also a part of me being God in human form, responding to the needs of others. Responsiveness to human needs, to your needs, to your neighbor's needs, to the needs of those around us, that is a way of demonstrating God's love. That can be God's response to the world. You get to be the hands and feet of God. How marvelous is that? You get to be the miracle worker. You get to be the social justice warrior. You get to be generous. You get to be helpful. You get to be kind and compassionate in a world in much need of both. You 
are God's response to other people's prayers. You are the embodiment of God's responsiveness to the heart's cry of the world. So we've affirmed the importance of accessibility and responsiveness in our relationship with God. Now we move to the third concept, which is engagement. Engagement is when you are accessible and sincerely try to respond to each other's needs. That's how you create, create connection in relationship. And over time, consistent, loving, sincere response can form a bond. I don't know about you all, but I need God's engagement in my life. I need that deep soul connection to the great lover of all. I think we all need it. God is a God of relationship and connection. You know, there's nothing in the known universe that exists outside of relationship. Even the pews you're sitting on exist in connection. Those pews are the results of atoms relating to each other in a certain way, moving at a certain speed. We are created in the image and likeness of the creator. I believe that means we were created to be in relationship, to be in engagement with our creator and with all of creation. Engagement's about connection. Connection with the divine means I never have to be alone. It means when I feel overwhelmed or lost, I can call out to the God of my understanding and know that I'm heard. The relationship that I have with God now has come over decades of engagement. I have argued with God, I have celebrated with God, I have felt ignored by God, and I have felt I was deeply seen by God. All of these experiences have come as a result of a lifetime of engagement with the divine. Sometimes our engagement feels more like hide and seek. Most of the time, I'm the one who's hiding, by the way. God never stops engaging with me. For two years while I was in seminary, I wandered through all the world religions. I felt like the ugly duckling who goes to each of the farm animals asking, are you my mother? Except I was asking, are you my God? Each time I asked God, always answered, but there was something missing for me. Recently, I've returned to the faith that most deeply called my heart, to Catholicism. That might surprise some of you. But the liturgy and the prayers and the traditions of that faith are the ways that I feel most deeply engaged with God. I said that to say this. Find the ways that for you allow you to deeply engage with your beloved. Maybe it's in nature. Maybe it's in art. Maybe it's here in this church. Maybe it's in music. Maybe it's in playing with your grandkids. Maybe it's in being helpful, like when you all make a meal at Christmas Addicts. Whatever it is you can do to engage with God, do it. It may take time for you to find the path of engagement that works best for you, and it is absolutely worth the effort. I want to finish up by reading a part of one of my absolute all-time favorite psalms, Psalm 139. It's a reflection of the deep knowing our God has of us and of the closeness we can have when we partner with the loving grace that is God. O oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know 
everything about me. You know when I sit or stand. When far away, you know my every thought. You chart the path ahead of me and tell me where to stop and rest. Every moment, you know where I am. You know what I'm going to say before I even say it. You precede and follow me, and you place your hand of blessing on my head. I can never be lost to your spirit. I can never get away from God. If you go up to heaven, if I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the place of the dead, you are there. If I ride the morning winds to the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me. Your strength will support me. If I try to hide in the darkness, the night becomes light around me. For even darkness cannot hide from God. To you the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are both alike to you. How precious it is, Lord, to realize that you are thinking about me constantly. I can't even count how many times a day your thoughts turn toward me. And when I wake in the morning, there you are, still thinking of me. Partnership with the divine means getting quiet and slowing down enough to be accessible. To hear the whispers of the beloved in your heart, it means being responsive to those words, being the hands and feet of God in the world. It means being engaged with the divine, a day-to-day -day awareness of and relationship to your creator. God bless you. Thank you.